Now, if I understand correctly, this is message number one, correct? This is the only one we'll have today. The only one. All right. In Proverbs chapter 16, I want you to note with me, please, and we're going to take note in the message this morning concerning one of the betters here in the book of Proverbs. And I enjoy the study of that, and we find it to be uh, so enjoyable and yet challenging as well. Now I want to read my text verse to begin with in Proverbs chapter 16, and I want you to note please verse 8. The Bible tells us, the wise man did right, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. And then there are several other verses in the book of Proverbs that tells us about better. For example, there is one passage that tells us that better is little with the fear of the Lord. And then it goes on. We know in the study of the book of Hebrews, though the word doesn't appear per se, yet we find we know that Christ is presented by the Apostle Paul in the book of Hebrews as being better. Better than the angels. And so much better than everything and everyone else. That's why he became and was the perfect sacrifice. But we're going to stay with the message here this morning concerning this better. And my subject is the entire verse. Better is little with righteousness than great revenue without it. Now, Solomon did not have a problem with revenue. Now, I'm not talking about taxes. I'm talking about here, for example, income. I'm talking about the things that we have that God has seen fit to enable us to get or that he gives it to us directly. And he does so much in so many ways. But we find here, and Solomon was a very rich man from my study in the scriptures. He had much. And there are many rich men that are brought to us in the scriptures. And how that God blessed them. Abram, for example, and others in the Old Testament. But yet, Solomon here was given this from the Lord, and he writes this, and it does not seem odd that he would be the writer for this, because he had much, but he said, and I believe that it is as other places in the scriptures, for example, here in Proverbs and then in Ecclesiastes, he had tried so many, many things, and he came to the conclusion that things were vanity. And so, his, all that he had was vanity as far as compared to Christ. Now, don't ever refer to your companion as vanity. Don't refer, and I don't refer to my automobile as vanity. The comparison has to do with that it is little, if not nothing, in comparison to the Lord. Because again, as I often say, 
He is to be our all in all. Now a person, a child of God, here is spoken of. And yet we find that the wise man also speaks of or writes of the lost. A child of God is spoken of here living right by the standards of the Bible. And there are four different, or five rather, different words or expressions that I want to note in this 8th verse of Proverbs 16. And the first has to do with better. And from my understanding, the word better has a variety of renderings. One of the things, and it helps me to understand concerning this term and how it's used here and how we use it in sometimes everyday life, better has to do with something that is preferred. And some folks prefer going to church on the Lord's Day. Others don't. Some folks prefer to pray and to offer thanks and to give God praise and honor and glory. Others do not. That's their preference. And I often bring in the illustration concerning uh, food and we find how that, and I shouldn't have mentioned it because I know Hosner's just ready for a piece of pie. But we find that the Bible tells us that it is that which is, has to do with preference. And so there are certain foods that I prefer over others, aren't there? And with me, and I'm sure that it's true in your case as well. And yet our preferences change concerning earthly things, don't they? And yet we find that our spiritual preferences ought always to be Bible-based according to the standards of the Scriptures and ought to always remain the same. Doesn't mean that we ought to not grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But there are some things that I prefer. One of them is, I prefer the worship of God over leisure or pleasure. That's why we do our utmost. We're not providentially hindered to be in the house of the Lord when there are services. The second word that we want to take note of is, the wise man wrote, better is little. And I'm sure we all know concerning how that little is used and what it has to do with. Simply put, it means not very much. It can also be rendered less than others have and less than perhaps you once had. And so little, of course, is very clearly spoken of here and how that it has to do with there may be less, not just in your cupboards, not just in your refrigerator, but there may be a less attractions to you of this world than there used to be. There may be less as far as what brings you joy, comfort, and thanks than what used to be. And so we find that there's little sometimes that we 
enjoy concerning uh, things in this life. Or sometimes we just say, I'm not interested. The third term here in Proverbs 16 and verse 8 is righteousness. And what a wonderful term we find throughout the scriptures concerning it. It is spoken of often and it is implied in many passages of scripture. And we see here how that we must take it into context as it is used. Because as we read it again, better is little with righteousness. And so it's speaking of a specific kind of righteousness. More than one kind of righteousness is taught to us in the Bible. The first righteousness, of course, is that wonderful imputed righteousness that Christ gives to us when we confess Him as our Lord and Savior. You see, our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. And we find how that the Scriptures tell us, even concerning some of those that Christ was confronted by, during his earthly ministry, and we've said this in times past, the scribes, Pharisees, and others, that Jesus taught that your righteousness must exceed those. And so they had a righteousness, but it had to exceed. They didn't think that their righteousness could be exceeded, but it was. And so this is the imputed righteousness. In other words, how can we be right with God? And the only way we can be right with God is to trust in Christ who was the perfect sacrifice and in Him we find to be our all in all. So that's the imputed righteousness. The term here has to do with, as it is spoken of in other places in the Bible, how that it is a living righteousness. It has to do with our works. And it has to do with the way that we live and the way that our style, our fashion. This is righteousness employed. It is a working, unworking righteousness. See, you only had to receive imputed righteousness in order to be saved and be made right with God and become His child. That only had to happen one time. But this righteousness is a working, ongoing, continuing righteousness. And so we find that this we can do. Better is little with righteousness than great revenue without it. God wouldn't have put anything in His Word for His people to do that in the case as they come, in the day that these things may come, He will not help us to do them. Some of you did without a whole lot of things. And some of you are doing without a lot of things today. But yet I'm thankful that we need not do without the kind of righteousness to be saved nor the kind of righteousness to live for God. The fourth 
expression or words that are used here in this passage that we call your attention to in Proverbs 16.8 are great revenues. Great revenues. Now the reason why I uh, referred to this is not talking about taxes or tax collectors, the IRS. I remember hearing concerning a, a little boy some time back how that he referred to uh, the tax collectors as, and this is how it used to be referred to. They were referred to as revenuers. And that's how they were referred to. And I kind of like that term in referring to them. But anyway, we find how that great revenues, yes, it has to do with many, many things. And first, of course, comes to our mind is income. That's a revenue. And then we find how that it can be other things. It can be lands. It can be uh, possessions. It can be many things. Great revenues. And note the contrast here. Better is little with righteousness than great revenues. Great. So we have a contrast between little and great, don't we? So there is quite a difference. And our desire is to uh, not think that anyone or every one of God's people, some live in poverty, some live without others, without things that others have who are saved by God's grace. But again, that is not the meaning entirely of this passage of Scripture. You see, righteousness is the very key to it, and then these great revenues are spoken of in a person who does not have right. In other words, they're not, they do not know the righteousness of God. They have never been justified by faith, and therefore have peace with God. And so how, how in the world can they live righteously? They can't. And they don't. They may live morally. They may be good to their neighbors and so on. But they cannot live for God. Because the Bible tells us without faith it's impossible to please God. And so great revenues. Again in comparison to how that other things are little. And then the last term here in verse uh, 8 of Proverbs 16 is without. Because it says, then great revenues without right. You see, the verse began in the first, I'll call it section, better is little with. There's that word. Now, then great revenues without. Directly opposite, isn't it? We all know what it is to, concerning these terms, with or without. There are things that we know about both. We know what we do without, or what we have to do without, or that we can do without, or that we do and yet we find that we may be without a whole lot of things, but if you're, you have it, if 
you are with righteousness, you're on the right course. You're on the right path. You're living for the Lord. I think the best way to explain that term without is when Jesus used it in John 15 and verse 5. A familiar passage of scripture we all love. Jesus taught how that I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Amen. We certainly know what it means to be without him. That's how we were Amen. when we were lost. But without him, without the fellowship that we ought to have, we won't bring forth fruit. Isn't that the rendering there in John 15? That was the subject, fruit bearing for God's people. And so we need him. Somebody says, well, he saved me. I can go on and live just any way. No, without him, you can't live the righteous way that we ought to. So, let's not be without righteousness. Let's be with righteousness. The Bible teaches us that the cause of Christ, the Lord's kind of church, our own salvation, the salvation of our children, our family, laws and in-laws, near or distant, co-workers and so forth, the cause of Christ is that what we pre- is that which we prefer. And you know, folks are oftentimes comfortable with what they prefer, aren't they? And I'm comfortable preferring the things of God. I can live that way. And I like it. I enjoy it. The contrast here is again, those who have great revenues, and I believe that the psalmist here was teaching another great teaching, that those with great revenues who are without right, again, without right, so they were not living right, and there are many people today, are they not, who live dishonestly? Are there not those who commit fraud time and time again? Are there not those who will do all that they possibly can? There used to be an expression, and perhaps folks still use it. I don't hear it very often anymore. And people say, it used to be said, crime doesn't pay. Well, it depends on what you're calling pay. Because I know some criminals that have a lot more than all of us combined. But you see, they have great revenues, but they obtained it without right. Whether it is, and we hear about those kind of means that people are using on a, almost a daily basis in the news. People who are making money from so many things that are ungodly and idolatrous and against the teachings of the Bible. Folks say, well, so many are doing it. That doesn't mean God's people ought to do it. Better is little with righteousness. So there are those who obtain things and great revenues by wrongdoing. 
They don't work in a fashion that is honoring to God. They do not live in a fashion that is honoring to God. And we find how that when we think of this term little, certainly, again, some folks have more than others and some have less. First, I want you to consider your home. It's your dwelling place. I have a much better dwelling place than I did when I was a college student. Much better place. And some of you can relate different stories. And, but you, your dwelling place may be less than at other times as well. But if you're living godly for the Lord, you can be happy. And you can live the way that you ought to. Well, there's another way to consider it. Consider one's bank accounts. And your assets, whatever that they may be. Somebody said, well, I have more than I've ever had. And some folks do. And some folks have less than they used to have. And again, the teaching here is this. The Solomon, the wise man, did not condemn having much. He didn't do it. What he was speaking against or writing against was having great revenues without right. Not obtaining it in the right fashion, in a godly fashion. And then, of course, you can consider your possessions. Some folks have more, and others have less. And I'm sure that we have lived, every one of us, in the case of each side. And yet, we find that this is, again, the way that the psalmist is writing. All of the things that I had mentioned, our dwelling place, our savings, our assets, our possessions, they may be small. They may be little as far as amount or size is concerned if you compare it unto others. And we know of people who have great estates. They have much property. Large homes. Their cupboards are never bare. Their wardrobes are, are filled with more than they'll ever be able to wear. So what do we do? Do we have the green eye of jealousy? Do we covet after theirs? What are we to do? Well, the wise man, the wise man wrote... Little with righteousness. That's the key, isn't it? I, I really believe that. And think of God's word. And use it to define and explain this. Because God does it so much better than you or I. As far as living in a righteous fashion. It has to do with what you have if it is little and you live righteously, you can still be happy 
in the way and in the service of the Lord. If you have obtained more than you've ever had, if you've done it with right, with honesty and respect, most of all respect for God's word, which tells us how that we are to obtain, and you can be happy with that. Some people aren't happy either way, are they, today? Because I know folks at both ways where that those with little, they're unhappy in so many ways. And I know folks who have so much, because you know the expression, sometimes folks just say like that ad they used to have. People got rid of their stuff and then they looked around and saw so many empty places in their home and they says, we got to get more stuff. They couldn't live like that anymore. But you see, that's the way it is with, with folks, isn't it? There's all kinds. When the wise man wrote great revenues without right, one of the explanations that I came across in the reading and studying of the scriptures as well as in uh, some uh, writers, they said these are the treasures of wickedness. And I think that put it very, very well. It, and when you think of all the ways that uh, money is being made by so many different people today, that they have the treasures of wickedness. And never covet those. However, when we come to a close, someday, if they are never changed by the grace of God, The future has eternal wrath for them because they have not the imputed righteousness. Now, people are not going to get put in hell because they have more of the things of this life. They are not. And they are not going to be punished by God if they obtained it rightly. They are not. Godliness living the way the Bible says in this life, the result in the future will be great and eternal joy and acceptance by God. You'll never be accepted by Him if you don't trust Jesus to save you, will you? You can try all manner of different things to be saved. They are all except trust in Him unacceptable, aren't they? And folks say, well, you're so narrow-minded. Well, thank God for it. There's another term that is often used concerning great revenues without right. We've heard it. We continue to hear it. Ill-gotten gains. We hear that quite often, don't we? But righteousness grows in a godly fashion. And sometimes there are those who have much and they don't know what to do with it all. And others will put it to really good work. But if you did not cheat or lie to obtain what you have, I believe that it's honoring to God. 
I mean, folks do lie about income, don't they? Every year. Every year that time comes around. And they lie about their income. There are those who are receive assistance. And I don't have anything against that. If they qualify. But there are those who will lie about incomes when they're on assistance. And all manner of different things, won't they? So really and truly, the Bible is the best way to follow even for society. <clears throat> Plans are, are, are brought up and they're put into force and one plan fails and so they go to plan B and then plan C and for the life of me, I can't figure out how some of the plans that have come up with is going to get us in the shape that we ought to get in. But I do know what God's plan is. And that's the best plan. That'll get you in the best shape. There is nothing wrong. And I want to add, there is nothing embarrassing about living for God. Not one thing. Folks say, well, I, 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 I can't do certain things. You may not. You may not be able to. Maybe God doesn't want you to. But there is some things that he does want you to do. And one of the ways is to live right. And I believe that's a general setting, so to speak. It means to live right as the Lord teaches. And it will affect your life. And it'll affect your family. And it'll affect uh, people around you. And it's so good when we see that effect take place, isn't it? We don't see much of it. And sometimes we don't see any of it. But God blessing, He's still, as I've said in times past, the Lord of the harvest. If you're here and lost without the Lord Jesus Christ, I say this every time to a lost person. You need to trust Jesus. The Bible speaks of salvation as everybody's greatest need, doesn't it? It doesn't leave anybody out. It's their greatest need. And one of my sons used to say, it's not your pastor, but one of them used to say, I'm needy. Because he'd need a cookie. And he'd need one thing after another, you know. And that's how he phrased it. He said, I'm needy. He didn't say, I was hungry. He said, I'm needy. And somebody said, did he learn that from you? Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't remember half the stuff they accused me of. But regardless of that, the real truth is, better, and, and we trust that we've brought it forth in a clear fashion by God's help, Better is little with righteousness. So let's cheer up about it. If that's the case, that we have little at any time or point in our life, better is little with righteousness than great revenues without right. So trust Christ if you've never been 
have done that. And we that are saved, oh, let us look unto Jesus. The Word of God is still the best book for anybody and for everybody. And used to, I used to, I, I would hear that the Bible was one of the greatest sellers, the top seller. And I've heard that that's not so anymore. And yet, when it was the top seller, sometimes people, they pretty much treated it as if it was in their cellar. They never had much to do with it. And so it, can, it's, it still tops with us. And thank God for it. May we live in a fashion that would be pleasing and honoring to Him. And I believe that, that we seek to because we want our prayers to be answered, don't we? We want our prayers to be answered concerning your pastor, our son. We want our prayers to be answered concerning each and every one of you. And you all pray for us. We don't want God not to hear our prayers. And certainly not to answer them. So may the Lord's blessings be upon the message. Brother Crowder, Brother Frankie. Turn to page 156 in your hymnal. The light of the world is Jesus. Come on, old brother. We're going to sing two verses. <clears throat> page 156. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine and dew, His glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. Come to the light, this shining for thee. Sweetly the light has gone upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see. The light of the world is Jesus. Verse 2. Now darkness have we who in Jesus abide. The light of the world is Jesus. We walk in the light when we follow our guide. The light of the world is Jesus. Come to the light that's shining for thee. Sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see. The light of the world is Jesus. We're going to ask Brother Crowder to open with prayer, close with prayer. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for this day, for your blessings, for the message. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will take it Amen. and apply it to heart here this morning to do without that righteousness. They cause them to see their need of it. They cause them to see their need of 
their their sin, Lord, that they do not need, but they do need the Savior who removes the sin. That's right. So bless the message, Father. Let it strengthen us. Let it be food for our souls, and let it uh, guide us through the day and through the week ahead until we meet again in this house. And pray, Lord, that you guide each one of uh, uh, that are in this house this morning, Lord, uh, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, members of this church, that we we would, we would hold up one another. We would we'd think about one another. We would uh, pray for the needs in each family. Uh, children and grandchildren of, of each member, Lord, and uh, lost folks that we know that you might save them. And, Amen. Lord, that we might see them come into your church and that uh, we might be revived and strengthened by by the work of Christ that we witness in these things. Thank you for the message uh, for Senior Hilly. Lord, we pray for them as you'll bring the message coming Wednesday and then they'll be heading back. Lord, we're so thankful for them and just pray that you bless them while they're here. Now bless us as we go and forgive our sins, we ask in Jesus' name and amen. amen. Before everybody leaves the ministry <coughs> church, I have, there is a uh, we, we've made this schedule here of, for the men who want to uh, take a Wednesday while Brother Hilly's absent. Frankie's uh, going to do the 10th. That'll be the first Wednesday after uh, uh, Brother Tim and his wife go back. And so if you want to do a Wednesday, just put your name on here when you want to do it. And what you can use is these, uh, I'm going to pass these out to the men of the church. Brother Hilly Sr. made these up. Well, your pastor asked me to. Okay. <laughs> I told you he had good passion, brother. Yeah. So uh, I've already gotten mine, Frankie. Thank you. These is on the church covenant. And so uh, if you decide that you want to, Micah's not here to give it to Micah. <coughs> If you decide you want to do a Wednesday, let us know so we'll know ahead of time. Frankie's going to do the one I say on the 10th, and then after that, whoever would like to, and the Lord leads you in that. And so, uh, that's all I've got to say. Your pastor may be confined to a bed, but he's given directions <laughs> very, very much. I told him the other day, I said he's still preaching. Yeah. He's still pastoring. He's in the bed. Thank you for your wonderful oh, attention. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> that's his specialty, isn't it? Well, in directions, that's his specialty. He, he loves to do what the Lord calls him to do. <laughs> um, he, he wants to do that when, more than anything when else. When do they think that uh, he'll be able to go to therapy? Have they done all the grafting? They've, they hope so. Uh -huh. um, because sometimes with skin grafts, they don't take. Uh -huh. Or not all of oh. it takes. And they got to do that before um, they go to the therapy. Well, they did. They did, and they're supposed to take the outer bandage off today. They were going to yesterday, but they couldn't, and so they're. They, yes, they. So they were going to possibly do it today, and then there's this marvelous thing that they have sutured to his, his where they took the skin from. And they use disposable thread, and this thing will 
turn into a scab and then you get healing underneath a scab like when you've cut yourself for that and then it will fall off and the sutures will disappear because they're the dissolving ones and then he'll be able to and, go to the therapy well that should happen beforehand he'll be where he is for probably another week and then I think they said they'll move him upstairs to rehab. Oh, they have a rehab there in the Right hospital. there and in that's the hospital. Where he'll be. That's where he'll begin. Oh, uh-huh. That's where he'll begin rehab. He's already working with uh, physical therapists and occupational therapists. Yeah. They come they, to his they, room. They start pretty quick on that, don't oh, they? Oh, they do. Yeah. Uh, how they long got him up real quick. How long are y'all going to be able to stay? Well, we'll be staying through Wednesday. Through Wednesday. Yeah at this time. Well, it's good to have you with well, us. Well, we appreciate you folks. It's good to be with you. I just wanted to say good message. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Nate said he thoroughly enjoyed y'all's visit. He said it really lifted. It did. It really lifted his spirits. Uh, we had such a time getting there, oh. such a time finding a place to park. And just, oh, how about after you get in that place? Oh, if it hadn't been for the courteousness of all the people that work there, right. we couldn't have found it. We never would have found it. They're used to that. They would be people come down the hall and they could tell by the look on our faces we couldn't find it. So yep. they'd say, where do you want to go? We all have that look. I'll tell you, I still get turned around. Bless you all so much. Thank you for coming. We appreciate oh, you being here. Oh, it's a privilege for so us. Are you planning a trip coming back? You gotta... It's in the works. We don't have anything definite yet, but we're hoping to. Yeah. Are you flying? You're and not driving all that way. No, we flew. To, we'd like to drive. I think it would take us three days to get here because we don't dry, ride in cars as good as we used to. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's me. Yeah. I Because like sometimes when you stop after you've been driving a while, it's hard to get out. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's just that way. Yes. It's hard enough to get I out of the airplane seat. <laughs> but it's really tough. Yeah. You'll stop and it'll take you a few minutes before you can even get out of the vehicle. I know. I get motion sickness too, you know. I feel oh, dizzy, no. you know. It's like, I feel like I'm still moving when I'm not moving anymore. Yeah. I, I've never had that. Oh, you've never had that? I've never oh. experienced it. Oh. Why, do you want to, why do you want to uh, drive? Why would you rather drive? <laughs> I would like to drive. So you have a car here? That way, yeah, and it's, I'm so used to driving it. You know, you get into another vehicle, and anymore, all the vehicles are so different. You know, used to, you got vehicles, and you knew what to do in every one of them. Right, yeah. Well, not anymore. Well, I know. Yeah. I don't. Turn the key and boom. Well, I think we yeah. can work something yeah. out. If you want to fly down, and we'll get you a car. Well, we appreciate that. That's what we did the last time, and then that's what we did this time. Right. And, uh, See, and be careful. the Lord was in that because... We got the same kind of vehicle this time as we had last time. Right. So I was familiar with it. Right. Yeah. Oh, I was thrilled when the guy said, now we have this model. I said, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Pastor, enjoy the message very much. Thank you, brother. So we will see you this Wednesday, right? Yes, okay. that's up. That's, well, take care. All right. You all go over to... Thank you, man. go over to... Uh, 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 uh,
But the more blessed, oh yeah, and in a lot of ways. Most of the outlines that our pastor gives, we went through the women in the Bible. Oh yeah, yeah, he told me about that. And then the names of God. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes there were some that you couldn't read the typing, okay. figure it out. Goodbye. We'll see you. Enjoy the day. Yeah. Well, bless you. yet in the mail okay. so I'll I'll either give you cash I'll give you cash I'll give it to you before you leave if the checks don't come and I'll give you cash okay and then you just, or just send it to me I told Nate I'd do that he said no dad he said the church will do that yeah 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 we want to do that so that's why I put that receipt there with you. yeah and we yeah, appreciate I'll, I'll just this this really looks good I was real happy with it well, that took a lot of work, brother. And well, I didn't. I just got it together. Yeah. And then. Uh, well, it still takes a lot of work. Staples. Yeah. Oh, it took a little while. Yes. But Staples, they uh, 